everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Break It Down. This is the second episode of our season two. So get ready to enjoy a very long episode about Gilmore Girls. So this show is one of me and Sandy's favorites. And more than just a show, we want to discuss the themes, the characters, and why do so many people love it, especially during quarantine. Yeah, so to dive right in, we'll talk about the background. So the show revolves around a mother and a daughter, Lorelai Gilmore. She she became pregnant at 16 with her daughter, also named Lorelai, but we call her Rory, right? So, and then Lorelai ran away from her mother when she was 16 after she got pregnant with Rory. Her mother's name is Emily because of her mother's like overbearing expectations for her daughter. The Gilmores are a very rich family. However, Lorelai and Rory are often seen just barely getting by and live in a small town called Stars Hollow. With their evolving craft characters such as Lane, Rory's best friend, Dave, and all these other much-loved characters. My favorite is Kirk, yes. the person who went to every single town and lives with his mother. The show is very much a sitcom, but it's filled with um, dramatic aspects, and it just details the lives of the Gilmore girls, which are supposedly Lorelai, Emily, and Rory. And it just, the story follows that for about seven seasons, it takes Rory from high school through college, and we just see their relationships develop. So what we want to talk about mainly is, first of all, why people watch it, and under that, the characters. So first, Rory. Rory is a very flawed character in many aspects. We first see her as very much an overachiever. She's going to the most expensive high school. It's very, like, like a very private, really expensive high school. And through this, we can see how she focuses her whole energy on getting into Harvard, getting to Yale, any sort of Ivy League college, right? And then um, in this, later on in the series, she gets into Yale. And spoiler alert, um, she does end up dropping out. And because of this, she became one of the most, like, sort of, like, flawed and, like, characters which everyone likes to fight about, whether she's a good person or a bad person. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's interesting about Rory is, so just as Sami said, she starts in this private school and... What we can, what we know, like the her entire personality is kind of relatable. Like she is this teen who wants to do well to make her mother proud, to make herself proud. She wants to get into Harvard, and so we can see how you know students these days would relate to that because getting to an Ivy League is so prestigious, and especially in you know the U.S., it's like very highly esteemed. Everybody wants to do it. But then there's this kind of idea called Rory's downfall. And that is when we see the main character kind of, instead of, you know, growing throughout the season and becoming such a better person, we see her kind of, like, falling down. We saw her in the beginning as this, you know, more innocent 16-year-old who was doing all the right things, who thought she was. And then towards the end, just as Sanvi said, she drops out of an Ivy League and she doesn't know what she's doing. She has crises in the show itself. I think what... Personally, I loved Rory's character so much. I thought it was so relatable. Even her downfall, the way like, at a certain point, she worked so hard that she burned out. There's that one episode where both Lorelai and Rory are very burnt out. They're trying so hard, but seeing that they, that they can never make it. And that's so relatable for so many people, especially when, like, we're, like, at least for me, they're both high schoolers, right? And there's for all in this race for, like, college, for Ivy League, for doing as many classes, clubs as possible. We see so many of our peers go through the same Rory's downfall, but in high school, where they work so hard that eventually it kind of becomes too much. Mm-hmm. And especially um, where we go to school in such a competitive high school, it, there's a reason that these kind of shows bring comfort to people because it's almost like an out-of-body experience. You can look at yourself and you see yourself just like this character. And when they downfall, you might feel, you know, it's it's okay to fail sometimes, right? But then we also see parts where Rory picks herself up. Even after Yale, she, 
she gets herself together at times and that's when we when that's when we kind of see like a different side to Rory and that's where the debate of did was Rory's downfall completely like negative um comes into debate and personally I always believed that Rory's downfall was always going to happen I think it was set up from that way from the beginning we saw her never being able to take criticism when she got into college she got into Harvard Ivy I mean Harvard Yale literally every single Ivy League and by seeing the fact that she never ever failed she got every single thing she'd reached for it was almost as if she was set up for failure later on especially when to such a huge college and we can connect that to even like the gifted kid uh, mentality I think in a lot of schools where you know schools will tell you that you're gifted and that you'll never fail and that you only have to try a certain degree to get all of these positive benefits and a lot of kids were up that way and then when they do fail it's this realization like I can fail like I can I can not you know get the best grade possible and that's um, a really scary realization so that's why I think especially during quarantine um, a lot of people just saw the show and really related to it because a lot of people grew up with this idea that failing isn't good, failing isn't positive, and that they cannot fail when really failing is, you know, very lo- normal, right? And I think that Rory started failing so later on, so that's why it brings me to Paris. Paris's failure happened in her high school senior year where um, she did not get into Harvard, her family's lineage college, where every single member of her family went there and she had a very large mental breakdown in public. Right, and I think we could see that Paris, she failed a lot earlier on than Rory did. Rory failed in about her junior year of college, where Paris's first big disappointment happened in high school. And we could kind of see how that affected her in her Yale years. As you can see, first off in Yale, they, ha- they sort of dramatically Paris's mental health journey by giving her this life coach named Terrence. And um, while obviously the existence of a life coach is very dramaticated, it became sort of like a comedic effect thing. What I thought was really interesting about it was that Paris was a lot less competitive after she became a lot happier and healthier again we can see that what that failure did to her she did end up getting to literally every single medical school she applied to she was a success later on in life even though she did go through failure at an early age which i think makes her a really good contrast to rory who didn't fail at all in high school but she failed in college which sort of like changed her life course a lot mm-hmm. and and that i think that's actually really positive that's why i think it would be really good influence when we see a lot of teens watching it because recognizing that you know failing one thing isn't the worst thing in the world it's actually a learning experience like we see that with um those things that are like you miss every shot you don't take or something like if you're uh, scared of failure if you're scared of you know not uh, not trying something and then you do fail it's what's what's most important is learning from that like paris did in the show and eventually she became even more successful than than rory even though Rory perceived herself to be somewhat greater than thou. And I think when we've kind of discussed these two and their contrast, we can also kind of discuss um, Lorelai's parenting to Rory and how that kind of influenced her. Yeah, so um, Lorelai was, was a single mom. She started raising her when she was 16. She was only in her developmental years herself. And because Rory had such a small age gap, Rory became Lorelai's best friend. They asked her to show it's they're always best friends first and mother and daughter second. And while obviously we kind of glamorized her relationship and being like, oh yeah, I want that with my mom. That's like the best relationship possible. I think this did have a lot of ne- negative effects on Rory. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like, I understand, like, even in the show, it's very feel good, right? They want you to see this relationship with the mother or daughter and feel happy about it. But what I did notice is that I think the relationship, when friends becomes first, Rory loses a lot of like the discipline, disciplinarian parenting that should come when you have, you know, any type of mother or father. Like, it's just 
that even though because I think in the beginning of the show they showed Rory as this very self-directed child they we kind of miss out on Lorelai even parenting her to teach her like correct values she's just kind of like she's just kind of like floating she's more of her friend than her mother yeah like she was never told no which is probably why she can't really handle being told no or that she's like failing at something because Lorelai never told her that mm-hmm. I mean I don't think that's necessarily all Lorelai's fault she's a working mother raising her child on her own she was 16 obviously it's kind of like it would be very difficult for her to raise her very disciplined like being a disciplinary person to your literally your only lifeline your only child so i don't really blame her for what happened but i do think it had a negative effect and i really love how you can see this mother-daughter relationships contrasting like emily and lorelei's relationship versus like lorelei and rory and then emily and rory mm-hmm. i think you can see how like Emily was this huge disciplinarian on the lower line. She never was her friend ever. She only ever insulted her, berated her, made her feel stupid and useless. So Lorelai did the exact opposite to Rory. And you kind of see like how that translated. And what I think is even cooler about that parallel that they do. So they tell you the Gilmore girls are Emily, Lorelai, and Rory, right? And when Rory eventually later in the show, after she drops out of Yale, she goes to live with her grandparents. And what happens is... Emily starts treating Rory like Rory is Lorelai. So Emily starts treating Rory like Rory is her daughter, even though uh, Emily is her grandmother. And what we see is this same parenting that Lorelai experienced put, being put on Rory, and Rory simply doesn't handle it. She she like lashes back because it's not something she's ever experienced. And that really shows you the stark contrast between what Lorelai and Rory had and what Emily and Rory and Emily and Lorelai had. And I think those relationships are the real reason why everyone loves Gilmore Girls so much. It's the way they portray these realistic mother-daughter relationships. Like, through the show, we can also see, like, Emily and Lorelai's relationship sort of, like, fixing itself. In the beginning, they're both very, like, they have a lot of unspoken about resentment, especially after Lorelai running away at such a young age. There's a lot of resentment there. But as you go through the show, we eventually see Lorelai talking to Emily voluntarily and understanding each other better. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to show how like how p- growth is possible even with these family members and even with like coming from like hard toxic areas how growth is possible and Lorelai was always independent right she was always independent of her mother and it kind of showed I guess how people can grow and change mm-hmm. yeah I-, I agree I think that that character growth is really important to for viewership on the show and also just kind of um, embodying like the theme of the show, which was, I feel like just how growing relationships can, you know, not always become positive, but just they definitely do change over time. I also think that one thing, like since we've kind of talked about the relationship between different characters, especially the main female roles, I do want to talk about like the cinematography and especially this idea of the two people talking scenes. So we see it paralleled, I think, originally in the first episode and finally in the last episode. And that was like the biggest uh, change from relationships, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, when the, On the first episode, if you remember the pilot, when they zoomed out, it's both Lorelai and Rory talking at um, Luke's, the, their favorite diner, right? And then in the last episode, it's Rory going on her Obama trail. She's about to take over the world. And it's Lorelai and Rory again at the exact same place talking. And um, I think it's really beautiful how it shows like, the relationships between characters using these colors and these sort of like welcoming warming lights i think that's what i love most about gilmore girls that it feels so loving in a way mm-hmm. where when you can see characters who truly love each other they change the atmosphere they change the music and one of my favorite examples of this is um 
There's a couple episodes where Emily and her husband, Richard, were not in a happy marriage. They were fighting constantly. They're arguing. And um, one of my favorite scenes is when the room is completely silent and they're zooming out on Emily on one side of this very long, very beautiful dining table and Richard on the other side of this dining table. And they're eating in complete silence and all you can hear is their dishes clinking and there's no music, no talking. And I think how it showed these very harsh colors, but a beautiful house really portrayed their relationship at the time and how they're like, they're very rich, but they're still not happy. Mm -hmm. And then you contrast that with what Lorelai and Rory have, which is maybe not the most lavish life but they do have this kind of bond that remains still even through the one through seven seasons that we see them change, they still have that strong bond. And so I think with Gilmore Girls, we've seen like all of these strong themes that list that go throughout. But what I think the reason that most people watch the show is that it's just comfort television. When you watch the show, the plots are very much, you know, brainless. They're just something cutesy is happening in this small town. But then on a larger scale, when you when you look at the show and, and its timeline and of itself, you can see like these broader relationships that are affecting um, even like the average viewer. Like the, you see the mother and daughter relationship and you think this is idealistic. And then you see Emily and Lorelai and you know that this is, you know, a strict and unhealthy relationship. And I think teaching those things is also really important. Yeah. And I think like at the end of the day, the way they use cultural relationships and all of these, even if we ignore like the larger plots, I think people will still watch the show no matter what because it feels like, I think the best way to describe it would be like a, like a fall day. You know, it feels like fall. It feels like very welcoming, very warm. And I think that's really the reason people watch it. And obviously, even after it's like, what, 20 years of first, yeah, 15 years of first coming out, people are still watching it now. Yeah. And I also saw like, just as you said, like the fall thing, I think... Even on TikTok, there's like a trend where Gilmore Girls is supposed to be very like fall themed. So like when when people start the school year, maybe they're starting to watch Gilmore Girls. The show is again getting more viewership. And again, it's that kind of comfort like, oh, it's a fall day, you know, and it's a happy day, though, because the show's generally having this like happy team like theme, like you said, those warm colors. And I also think. The according, I think, to according to Vox, right? Um, it, the show's setting was like supposed. This was like the intention of the show. Like they were supposed to have this small town setting to become like kind of world altering for the viewers. So even in the midst of like the pandemic per se, people saw this you know cute town where everyone was together. They could feel this feeling of you know, union unity when really no one was be- was able to be together at that time. Yeah, it's like it's very like you know small quaint town. Everyone's walking everywhere. It just, it's very nice. And I also love the fact that like, everyone's so relatable in this show. Mm-hmm. Like I can see myself in a lot of the, a lot of the characters. I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Paris or like Rory or Lane. There's so, there's like such a wide variety of characters as opposed to I think most sitcoms which generally have like, you know, fewer characters, um, even like Friends or um, like Seinfeld. There's only like four, like six characters, right? But in Gilmore Girls, you have such a wide variety with so many different kind of relatability on so many different scales that I think that also contributes to why so many people love to watch the show. And so kind of to close off, I think the most important thing about Gilmore Girls is that it makes people happy. Just seeing the show, seeing the fall theme, seeing the warm colors, despite all the themes that we brought to you, all the literary analysis that we've done, what's most important about the show is that it just brings a smile to people's faces. 
Yeah, exactly. So I guess to close off the episode, um, who do you see yourself as in Gilmore Girls? Are you kind of like a Kirk type person? <laughs> Lorelai and Emily and Rory. And, you know, it's kind of funny because you could probably take a quiz to give you that answer. But I, I think it might be more beneficial to just watch the show. Yeah. And so with that, thank you. You can follow us at Let's Break It Down Podcast on Instagram. And I think you're listening on Spotify, but we are Let's Break It Down Podcast on Spotify as well. So thank you. Bye.